just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Thursday. It's been kind of a crazy week. And I'm excited about this particular podcast because it's one of my favorite types. And, of course, that means we have a listener on the program. But this is a little different than that because we have a listener who is also on TikTok, who also has a podcast, and we'll talk about that. But the gentleman joining me today is a young man by the name of Dewey. Dewey, thanks for joining me on the Rational Boomer podcast. Thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate this. As I said, you're a young man. You're around 30 years of age, about the age of my youngest son. Um, I'm trying to imagine having my youngest son on the show, and, and I will do it at some point. I think he's willing to do it because he's into the social media thing. But what caught me, what got my interest about you, and I'm glad you contacted me about being on your podcast, which I will do, and you being on my podcast, is that as much as there's a big age difference between you and I, we have similar thought processes, which which is amazing given our difference in age. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I I find I've I've found this. Um, if you leave political figures out of the conversation, uh, personally, I think that uh, you know Joe is doing his job, and he's a, more than a breath of fresh air since that last orange you know what I the mean, orange, orange diaper wearing piece of shit yeah i'll say the yeah, bad words yeah, that if you guy, want. there you go that, there you go no i was gonna say the fat orange fuck because i always <laughs> that's what i call him on the podcast uh oh, okay yeah but uh well, well, I, me... I found that like if you have a conversation with anybody without leaving political or leading with political people i Nine times out of ten, you guys, you'll agree with that person. Nine times out of ten. Yeah, yeah, that's the interesting thing about it. You know, while we're at this point, at the beginning point, let's uh, plug what you're doing on TikTok, how they can find you on TikTok, and how they can find your podcast. All right. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate you for this. Uh, you can find uh, me on TikTok. I'm on there as uh, Do the Right is my. Uh, name on my username and but it's uh d-e-w the right so okay so check them out on tiktok and now the podcast uh so you can find me by going to uh just search the dewey show anywhere uh there's podcasts or just go to uh deweyshow.com uh d-e-w-e-y show.com and you'll find me it would be impossible not to after that well, now, now, for those folks out there that listen to the Rational Boomer podcast and say, you know, I like Mike, but he's so fucking old. If he would just be a little younger, you might be able to hear the similar things on, on Dewey's show. Uh, so check out the uh, Dewey podcast and uh, check him out on TikTok like I did, and uh, you'll find some interesting content there. Now, for as young as you are, Dewey, um, you have obviously a different background, not as long a background as I have, 
but you're kind of in accounting, bookkeeping, that sort of thing. So you have a financial sense, which I don't. I hire bookkeepers <laughs> and, and, and accountants. You are one. Yes, sir. Yeah. T- tell, tell me about what you do. Uh, okay. So from uh, 2017, uh, every year you have to pass a test in order to do this. But I... Uh, uh, get I, I'm certified in federal income taxes, which sounds very broad because it is. Um, and I basically uh, I uh, support. Well, I represent not as an attorney, but uh, I'm able to represent people before the IRS. This is before. Uh, the attorneys have to be involved. So, you know, if you didn't pay the last couple of years taxes or whatever the case is, I'll uh, smooth that uh, relationship with the uh, IRS over because everybody thinks IRS is this uh, cobra, you know, and every time you reach out, you know, it's like kicking the cobra. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they want to find a, you know, they want to find a resolve a resolvement uh, just as much as you do. You well, I've, in my my long tenure as a human, I've had occasion to deal with the IRS, not on anything too contentious, but I've had occasion to deal with them. And I was really amazed by when I was talking to them that they were reasonable people and they weren't hard to talk to. Now, what I did find, one of my first experiences, there are companies out there that say, hey, we'll work with the IRS for you. And those companies, my experience is they don't do really a lot of shit and they charge you a lot of money, charge people a lot of money that don't have a lot of money. So it was interesting that you said you do what you do and and some of it you even do pro bono. So we're looking at somebody helping with problems with the IRS that that is a little different than what you see splashing across late night TV. Absolutely. I'm uh the hardest thing for me to uh, get in a client's head is what you just said, that they're rash- the IRS, they are, they're not infallible because they're ran by humans. Uh, and these people in the IRS want a resolvement just as much as, as you do, like I said before, you know. And um, a lot of times people are afraid, like it's kind of like uh, – you know, you went out drinking with your buddies uh, the night before, and the next morning you go to check your bank account to see how much you spent, and you're right. really scared. Done that, been there. You know, but once you, once you do, uh, you're like, all right, it wasn't so bad. But uh, when I represent someone in front of the IRS, uh, usually what I do is I, well, not usually, every time I say, okay, what can you handle in terms of either a monthly payment or what can you handle as a total uh, payoff? Payoff, yeah. Uh, like uh, you come to a, an understanding with the IRS, and I get both of those ideas, and then I talk to the IRS and I negotiate with the IRS until they are as close as humanly possible. Uh, it's basically like sending a car sales or bringing a car salesman with you while you buy a car. They know all the tricks and all of that. And of course, you know, the IRS is going to want to get as much as possible, but, um, you know, that you have to uh, be a human as well and say, look, this is what they can afford. And 
if they don't pay these uh pay the IRS uh next year or, or if you make them pay this uh total next year they're not going to be able to pay their taxes and guess what we're going to be in the same conversation a right. lot of times i say that to the IRS and it's like you should know this already <laughs> but well you know yeah. you, you know even though they want to get as much as they possibly can you can't get what doesn't exist and I'm sure they realize that. So the negotiation process has to be there. Let me ask you a question. As somebody who deals with federal taxes, did you take special notice of Donald Trump's taxes being released? Did you look at that at all or listen to what was going on in those taxes at all? Oh, absolutely. I did. Um, and I, I, Mike, I was, I was frankly, I was, I was pissed off when I heard that New York, uh, saddled the Trump organization with only a 1.3 or a, I don't remember. 1.6. 1.6. So I was, you know, not as around that number, but I had $1.6 million for how many years of screwing over the IRS? Decades. But exactly. And you asked me things that caught my eye. Uh, more than anything, it's the fringe benefits. And that means uh, what a fringe benefit is, is uh, you uh, give your employee, employee a company car or you, you know, in Donald Trump's case, some of his employees got employ employee housing or so he claimed. And what caught my eye there was that's where he got much of his write-offs that and also claiming that he made a lot less than what he actually did and i will tell you this it is not a crime to owe the irs money it's not a crime to what is a crime is to not file your taxes to uh not pay your taxes and ignore the irs and donald trump has done all of those things right well, and I apologize. Go ahead. No, no, that's all right. Let me ask you this. Uh, um, he has done this for decades, and presumably a lot of wealthy people do this. So there's been a lot of money that's stolen from the U.S. government. How does a guy like Donald Trump get away with doing this for decades without the IRS coming down on them? Uh, do you think the IRS gives them extra extra sway because they're wealthy or famous or anything like that? Or, or are they so tricky at hiding this that uh, that they don't get caught? Or are the IRS so understaffed that they don't even check it? Which seems weird because it's a lot of money. Okay, so uh, I'm glad that you asked that because uh, the IRS, I'm going to say allegedly, likely, I'm going to use that word a lot because I can't prove it, but the odds of Donald Trump, uh, the IRS not knowing about Don what Donald Trump has been doing, uh, the odds of that are very low. That they had no idea this whole time. Uh, but but uh, they're not going to go after a, a self-reported billionaire. Uh, they're going to go after the little fishes who right. you know might might not have the uh, ability to hire representation. Whereas a billionaire, they've got 12 uh, lawyers currently on staff, and they'll fight it to the grave. Uh, right. And so the IRS, is either they're 
too understaffed. But this is this is the thing, though. Donald Trump said something that was correct, and I'll you know wait for people whose minds were just blown. Uh, when you make over a certain amount, and it's not written down anywhere, but it's just commonly known in the IRS, you'll be audited regardless, no matter what. And so uh, the, the IRS would have had to have put Donald Trump under audit uh, on the years that he made money and claimed considerable losses. Um, so I think that it is, A, that, that it is two things you're mentioning. One, they're understaffed. They're, sub, they're depleted almost. Um, and also... Uh, they don't want to go to court with this guy because he'll fight it. So he what has you're the resources to fight it. So what you're saying is, is the IRS will go after the low hanging fruit, Absolutely. the easiest of the easiest, which would be people like you and me and right. not wade into Donald Trump, even though he might be stealing tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars because they don't want to get into a court battle. That, that is a problem in our system because a hundred percent and 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 the i r s needs to be retooled i think i mean the idea of adding eighty seven thousand uh employees over ten years really doesn't amount to eighty seven thousand employees because uh, you've got a lot of people retiring and all that sort of stuff. Something bigger has to be done with the i r s because there's a lot, there's, they're leaving a lot of money on the table with all these wealthy people using these tricks and not, and being able to scare off the IRS with, with, uh, uh, law, with, with taking them to court. Absolutely. Uh, I, anybody who's hearing this, uh, you, 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 uh, when you're done listening to Mike, uh, I love your podcast, by the way. I'm a Thank listener. Uh, but, I want you to all look up what General Electric has paid in taxes in the past 10 years and compare that to what you, a middle-class uh, person, have been paying uh, over the last 10 years because 90% of the time, 9 out of the last 10 years, they have paid nothing in federal uh income taxes they've paid nothing federally but they're bringing in record profits of money uh, yeah that but, i don't think the average joe can even comprehend that the amounts of money that they're bringing into this and and then somehow finding a way not to pay taxes well you know and the the good thing about what i do is i exploit the same loopholes now in a perfect world, there would not be loopholes at all. Right. But, the, you know, the uh, Senate and the House have all been lobbied, so uh, none of that's going to change. I mean, unless there were, we had a Democrat control in both, par, uh, both chambers of Congress, then we would have some change. Give us a supermajority in the House and in the Senate, and the rich people will be paying their fair share in taxes. Uh, Biden was, President Biden uh, tweeted the other day that, that they're going to be paying 15%. And I'm like, 15%? That sounds awfully low, Joe. 
It does uh, sound low. I mean, you and I pay more 30%. than fifteen percent. Yeah, I I pay five percent just because I'm self-employed. Right, and uh, I you know I'm a small business, uh, but we, I I do exploit some of the loopholes that the rich do, but I do it to help middle class folks, and I I don't care. Uh, I don't care. Um, as long as those loopholes exist, I'm going to exploit them because uh, the rich do. Well, and, and I that don't, means I don't. I don't mind people exploiting loopholes. If the law says you can do it, then you can do it. The problem is, is, is you know that somebody like Donald Trump has a team of the top accountants and CPAs in the world working on it. And the average Joe goes down to the storefront tax preparer who probably isn't going to know or be able to do or utilize some of those tax loopholes. So uh, it is an unfair situation. There's no question about it. Absolutely. Um, and what you said about the average tax uh, preparer, you're 100% correct on that. Uh, the only reason that I know uh, many of the tax laws were not because I taught I was taught those things, Mike. It was because I uh, independently learned. Um, because like you, I'm tired of the middle class being squeezed for every penny that they can get out of us. So uh, what I did was I said, okay, uh, touche, IRS. What I'm going to do is I'm going to learn how I can implement the loopholes that the rich are implementing because it's lawful to do that because and and if more people that are tax preparers would do what I do which is never stop learning about the tax new tax laws read them understand them if you don't know them find someone to explain them to you if you can't understand it uh, I've had to do that multiple times uh, if you're a tax preparer you you need to know these loopholes because if we can get a majority of the middle class to exploit the exact same loopholes the rich are. Those son of a bitch and loopholes will be closed, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. As soon as other people take advantage of it, they will shut them down. You know, Dewey, you're on the show and we're uh, talking about politics and, and taxes and such. And uh, we're encouraging people to listen to your podcast, the Dewey podcast. And I do encourage you that. But I have a feeling knowing this audience... <laughs> You may be getting some other emails about taxes. Now, I don't know if you're looking for business and what you're doing, but uh, maybe throw out your email in case somebody has a problem that they need help with. Absolutely. Uh, go to uh, email me, Dewey, at uh, taxpayer dot one. Uh, the, it's a dot O-N-E. Uh, so Dewey at taxpayer dot O-N-E. Um, or... If uh, you want, you can go to my website. If you need help and you, don't, you the IRS is really uh, starting to scare you and you, can't, you, you think you're in over your head, go to uh, taxpayer one, and you'll be rerouted. Uh, you'll be rerouted to DeweyF.com and uh, go in the uh, drop-down menu and click... Uh, pro bono help and if you're a veteran click the helping heroes i think is what i put there uh because if you're a veteran and you've fought for this country i don't believe that you should be paying taxes while you're overseas but they do and it gets scary uh so 
Yeah, and if you qualify for help, I'll I'll call you immediately. Yeah, you know, and 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 and, and that is, I, I can appreciate that because you sit on the radio, you listen to the radio, and you watch TV, and you've got all these people. Oh, we'll save you from the IRS. But having talked to some of those posts uh, folks years ago, I know they're a lot of scammers and people who don't do much and people who charge you a lot of money. So what you're offering is impressive. Um, and, and, uh, if you have an interest or have a problem, at least reach out to Dewey and, uh, maybe he can point you in the right direction. If he can't help you directly, I got to ask Absolutely. you. And I'm not promising any results to anyone. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, I'll tell you my record, though. Um, I have uh, advocated for people uh, in front of the IRS 80 times uh, pro bono. And 80 out of those 80 times, we've came to a uh, we've come to a deal. So uh, one that was palatable for the taxpayer. and I will advocate for you. Uh, if it kills me, I'll do it. Um, I don't care what it takes. I'll help you. Well, that's and that's I- that's much appreciated. Uh, that's a great service that you offer, and I'm glad the folks listening to the Rational Boomer podcast have heard this because that might be helpful to some folks. Absolutely, and I, I welcome them. Uh, and you, you know, my phone number is on that website. So, if you want to give me a, a ring go right ahead and give me a call and let's talk through your problems i'm not going to say to you oh guaranteed results because you can't predict that i'm sorry you just can't uh but the irs is there they're ready to work with you so stop sweating and let's get to work sounds good now dewey i wanted to ask you this you're a young man you're 30 years of age and uh you do the TikToks and you do the podcast. How did somebody with the background you have end up doing this on the internet, the podcast and the TikToks? What got you to the point where you wanted to come on and start talking about politics? Well, uh, I started the Dewey show in uh, 2017, uh, and it was... Uh, I, I was born okay. I, I was born with a severe stutter, and you, you can tell that I'm speaking slowly and I say um a lot. Uh, doing fine. You're doing fine. That that's because my brain, you know, is telling me don't stutter, don't stutter, don't stutter. Right. Um, but my grandma, my aunt, and my other grandma, they helped me through it, and they helped me get to this point. Um, and if I didn't have them, I would, wouldn't be able to speak because as a child, I could not speak, uh, at all. I I could, but people would get impatient. So I just got to a point where I wouldn't speak for weeks, uh, unless I was talking to my little brother because he had, would, 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 would let me speak, uh, and take the time that I needed. Um, but what made me start the podcast is when Donald Trump made fun of that handicapped reporter. Oh, and he yeah. claims he claims, oh, those are just normal hand movements. That's bullshit. I've, I've seen the reporter 
you were making fun of him and uh, Donald Trump was and uh, he he spoke out for himself and I felt that that needed to be widely covered his statement and, and then I started the Dewey show and well the the stuttering um, problem that you described it's admirable that you've been able to come this far with that problem and do that with your family's help and and, and your own efforts that's admirable uh, that's impressive uh, but you got to feel you. some kinship to Joe Biden, given he had a similar problem when he was younger. And now we watch him on television and he does a very good job. He's not a great order like Obama or anything like that or, or some of those people, but he does an excellent job uh, and he's worked very hard to get where he is. And yet you still have people like Fox News and Donald Trump and the Trump LaFox kind of making jest of the way he talks. Oh, he's got dementia. No, he doesn't have fucking dementia. Donald Trump has fucking dementia. He doesn't know what he's saying half the time. So do you feel a, a certain uh, sympathy or, or kinship with Joe Biden? A hundred percent, Mike. Uh, on the campaign trail in uh, 2019, I believe it was, he there was a small boy there and uh, I'd say he's 10 or 11 at the time. And he went up to Joe after a week after he had done an interview saying like, uh, everybody wants to know why I speak the way that I do. This is why his stutter was worse than mine. He wouldn't even talk in front of the people who were patient with him. And what he would do is very similar, pretty much almost exactly to how I did it was looking in the mirror and also watching the mouths of those who are helping you enunciate words and practicing that in the mirror. And uh, my grandma gave me a book and it had uh, every weekend, no matter what, I, I got to stay with grandma. Sadly, I lost her to pancreatic cancer and I lost the other grandma to lung cancer. Uh, but my uh, one of my grandmas gave me a book and it had words in it. Uh, and it told you how to sound them out, and uh, it told you what the word meant, and it told you uh, how you would use the word in a sentence. And my every weekend, I would go to my grandma's house, and she would highlight uh, words that were hard. And if you have a stutter, you know that the B sound, the K sound, the D sound, the F sound. The S sound, the R sound, there's so many letters. That are your natural enemy is someone who has a stutter. Right. Um, you know, and something that's ironic and hilarious, I think, is I'm also dyslexic. So not only do I stutter while I speak, I stutter while I read. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you, and from that point, you, you, you become a bookkeeper, accountant, a tax professional, podcaster and a TikToker. You've uh, you put in some work over the years to get to this point as a, as a young man. Right, absolutely. It does take a lot. And uh to answer your question, I kind of veered off there. Uh when the on January 20th, 2021, I wrote a letter to President Biden and I said uh I said, uh, Mr. President, it's an honor to be able to call you, Mr. President. Um, I want you to know that you've proved to me that somebody who has the disability that I have 
can be the president of the United States of America, the commander in chief. And I thought, you know, eh, he's not going to read it. He read it and he was very touched by it and sent me a letter. Biden sent you a letter. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, that's we've impressive. Actually, we, we've actually become uh, kind of pen pals uh, because I was once pen pals, quote unquote, with John McCain. And then he got sick. And uh, he wasn't, he, I'm a Utah, right? He wasn't even my senator, but we wrote back and forth, I'd say, eight or nine times. Wow. And I mentioned that to the president, and he wrote, like, hey, just keep sending letters. Hope once they get through, uh, I'll write back to you. And I've made my way on his mailing list, so I get, like, uh, Hey, happy birthday, happy, and it's just like, the you know, signed with the auto pen type of thing, but happy birthday, Merry Christmas, happy anniversary, it's all there. Wow. Um, and, and so, has he gotten yeah. to the point, has he gotten to the point where we're friendly enough where he says, hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in a level with you, I think, the, uh, out of the. 20 or so letters that he's written that he sent me i think that he wrote the first one and that's about it <laughs> really well yeah. the fact that, that so you got put on a list after he wrote yeah. to you the first time you got put on a list to stay in contact well that's that i haven't gotten a i haven't gotten a call from joe biden and i've been fighting for that some bitch for a long time <laughs> but that that's what impressive. if i put a good at word word in for you i'll say mike mike uh is a good guy yeah, yeah. send it off say rational boomer check out the podcast and then yeah, and then and then of course say you know what mike has his listeners on all the time so joe if you want to come on the show i'm sure he could work it out and i'll try to make time for joe <laughs> that would be awesome yeah. let's do that wouldn't, that, wouldn't that, would, that be great to have him as a as like a bill bill maher said that uh, obama would not allow him to interview him uh, until he started dangling money in front of him, uh, like any politician, you know, they're like, all right, no, everybody has a price, yeah. you know? I mean, and he said, well, this interview cost me $5 million right up front. He said that. And President Obama just laughed and was like, yeah, it did. It cost you. But he felt, felt that, uh, that, um, Bill Maher was too vulgar. And I'm like, well, shit, if they listen to my podcast, they're not going to ever come on. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I, I, I have to uh, uh, acknowledge that I'm a bit vulgar at times, too, but, but only in the sweetest way, I believe. I try to be very sweet about it when I say, fuck Donald Trump. Uh, oh, no, fuck Donald Trump with disdain. <laughs> with, with disdain. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Um, you're a millennial. And you know when yeah. I when I imagined doing the Rational Boomer podcast, I figured I'd be talking to a lot of older people, like my age. And it turns out I'm talking to younger people too. You mentioned a woman that's a friend of yours who was on the show, Leanne yeah. from the Northwest. Leanna from the Northwest. Yeah. I'm anxious to get her back. Very intelligent young woman, and and apparently you two are acquaintances. Um, but but I find it strange that I get millennials listening to the TikToks and listening to the podcast. Um, cause, cause most millennials 
my my kids included look at me like eh, he's an old man what the fuck does he know but yet here you are well i'm gonna just say something and i want this kind of talk to go away when when you refer to yourself you're one of the smartest uh, politically minded pers- people that i've ever talked to and i mean that genuinely i'm not sucking up to you um, i appreciate that and anybody who tosses you aside because they think you're old <laughs> if, if if you're one of those people don't come over to my podcast <laughs> I, I, I i don't want you there this man that we're I'm talking to and you're listening to uh he is uh you if I remember correctly you used to work at a as a basically what you're doing now except for radio right I worked in radio not necessarily doing this I've done everything from traffic to sports to news to all kinds of things so I've I've done a cross section of things you know just just talking so um it didn't well, matter many- what the topic was how many what how how many uh, people who have stumbled by and eventually started liking your content that were Donald Trump fans? Uh, how many of those do you think that you, you you've hit over the years? You know, I I would I would say not many. Uh, there might be some that that have converted, but you know, it, it, as much as TikTok is a great platform, the whole point of doing TikTok for me was you know, strictly to build an audience so that I could do the podcast. The podcast was the end game. TikToks was just kind of a promotional vehicle. It's more than that now. Um, but on TikTok, you've no doubt seen a lot of the people that talk the way I do and do the things I do. And they were getting videos taken down and they were getting banned and all of that sort of thing. And uh, you don't see me getting that happening with my TikTok account. The reason why is because every time initially I didn't do this, but after a while I figured out that these guys would come to my post and cause trouble. And then the, the other people that were posting would get in arguments with them and they get mad and butthurt and take down my video. And, and I just looked at it as my platform is more important to me than arguing with dumb fucks. So I pretty much blocked every Trumplican I could come across when I was doing the TikToks. So I don't get a lot of kickback on the on the TikToks, and hence I don't get a lot of people that are Trump lovers listening to the podcast. I have had a couple of shows where I had Trumplicans on. Didn't fare too well. They didn't do well in that situation. Didn't expect it. Um, and let, let, let me say one other thing. Let me answer something you said. You, you were referring to me as uh, politically smart. And I don't, I don't know if I can really own being politically smart. What it really takes is, is being able to cut away all the emotions of it, take a look at every situation, be logical and try to pay attention. That's all I've done. To be perfectly honest, almost anybody of my age could do or think the way I do if they took the time to do it. Now, not everybody has the time, so that's why I do the Rational Boomer podcast. I try to be uh, a calm mind taking this and and, and and spilling it out with all the facts as opposed to what the media does. Um, I don't think I'm stupid, but I don't know if I'm a genius. I'm just looking at things logically. You know, people say, well, you predicted this, you predicted this. I didn't predict anything. All I did is look at the facts and make a decision. It's kind of like being an accountant. The bottom line is the bottom line. And so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, I agree. You said that perfectly, and I say this all the time. Um, uh, the crimes, the, the fact that Donald com- uh, Trump has committed crimes is not a political statement. It is just the f- a fact. It is Absolutely. a fact. It's like uh, two plus two. You cannot change the answer to that to make it fit what you want it to be. It will always be four. And uh, something else, something that I wanted to add on to your list of being politically smart, something that you do, uh, is you put country over party always. You're not oh, yeah. afraid to call out our side of the aisle. Neither am I. When Joe, with, these, with this uh, document situation, and I want to say, by the way, before I get into this, do not compare Trump and Biden because they are night and day. Oh, but the the fact that the he had classified information, you know, he should and is cooperating. Um, and the Justice Department has commit he they have a special prosecutor on it. And let me tell you, nothing's going to come of this because he is lacking intention. He's lacking intent. In order to commit a crime, you have to have intent. Donald Trump. There were files missing. There were uh, papers missing from files. Uh, to me, if we can figure out where those went, who they went to, I would probably start with the Saudis because Jared Kushner got a nice little paycheck from them, two billion dollars. I'd start there if I was a detective on this, but uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm not. But the great thing about money is, you follow it, you'll always get your answer. Well, when Donald Trump did what he did, he literally stole classified documents, top secret documents. He brought them to his home. He sent some back, and then they said, is that all of them? He lied and said, yes, it was. They searched his place, and they found more. All of that is criminal activity. And just just, just yesterday, I think he was talking about this. He was saying, yeah, I took documents, but they were just inexpensive little folders and cool keepsakes. So now he's admitting he did it, even though it's obvious he did it. Now, Joe Biden's a different story. All of a sudden, these documents showed up. They're found by his own people. They immediately turn it over to the National Archives. The Republicans trying to create this false equivalency. It's just fucking ridiculous. It's what they do. They stir shit up. They try to control the narrative. And I think one of the things I'm trying to do with the Rational Boomer podcast and you're trying to do with the Dewey podcast is to infiltrate that loud and proud narrative that the Republicans have been throwing around and push them down. The Democrats haven't been great at doing that. So apparently it takes people like you and I to get in the mix and start making some noise. Absolutely, uh, Mike, and I, I've uh, said this to Seth a billion times. Uh, the left, mostly, there are some that will get in the mud and they'll fight it as dirty as you do. But uh, a lot of them are, you know, they have the Michelle Obama saying going through their head, when they go low, we go high. This is my saying, this is my quote, my expression. When they go low, we go lower. We, we fight in the mud if we have to for the truth, for justice, for everything that we're fighting for, and most of all, our democracy. If we have to take the goddamn boxing gloves off to do that, Mike, I'm not afraid to. Well, you and, know, it goes back to the Revolutionary War. Remember when the Redcoats came here, they all stood in line and did 
everything properly, according to military terms back in the day, stood in line and took their shots. The Americans did something different. They went to guerrilla warfare, which was seemed totally unfair to the Redcoats. They're hanging from trees and in ditches, and they beat the Redcoats. These are people that had to go low to beat these people. And these people were attempting to be proper, even though they were fucking terrorists in their own right. Um, when you're dealing with bullies, sometimes you have to get to their level before they even understand what the fuck's going on. They're not able to understand what's good and what's what's high, highbrow. Right. And, you know, um, if you're a Democrat, uh, the, 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 the new, uh, I can't remember her name. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. The new, uh, White House press secretary. If, if you look past the fact that you dislike her because she's a Biden, uh, employee or whatever the hell, uh, she, because she's a Biden White House employee. If you look past that, listen to her and, um, I'm not saying her word is law or anything like that. What I'm saying is uh, research the things she said because they're 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 true. The last White House, they the the very first time, the very first press briefing Donald Trump had, Sean Spicer comes out with uh, the media is not covering how big Donald Trump's crowd is. The crowd was bigger than any president and he's getting all worked up. You know, his face is turning red and I think he got a couple of tears in his eyes. But to me, uh, yeah, uh, our messaging from the left is is not good. It is It is less than good. It's not even satisfactory. It's poor. It is bad. Uh, we need someone who is willing to talk about, and I'm not just talking about one person. Uh, I do it, you do it, and we speak out for our party. But when someone inside our party fucks up, we'll say, hey, look, no, uh, what they did was, was wrong, and here's why. Because we work with facts. The other side will not work with facts. No, they don't work with facts. Uh, and the woman you were thinking of was uh, a woman by the name of Reen Jean-Pierre, I believe. Oh, yeah. Jean-Pierre, and, yes. And she took over for Jen Psaki, which were big shoes to fill. She, was, she did it, though. <laughs> yeah, she did a good job. I mean, I don't know if she's as good as, uh, as uh, Jen Psaki, but uh, she does a good job. And, and and frankly, it isn't hard to do a good job when you're comparing yourself to uh, – Huckabee or or uh, the 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 guy you mentioned, Sean Spicer. Spicer. The, yeah. These fuckers were absolute jokes. I mean, they they were willing to lie <laughs> to, in order to keep Donald Trump happy. I, I, I tell you, I, I tell you what, Dewey. I'm going to take a quick break. Okay, and uh, we'll get back to it. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer t- uh, podcast. We're talking to Dewey. Um. If you want to find him on TikTok, it's at do the right. Do is spelled D-E-W. And then there is the Dewey podcast, which I would encourage you to listen to. Dewey's an intelligent it's guy. A, it's the Dewey show. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's the Dewey a, show. Yeah. The okay. Dewey show. So you just Google the shit out of Dewey the show, do the Dewey show, and they'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll find it. And of course, uh, you know, he, he offered 
help for people with tax issues and such, since that's his background and that's his specialty. Why don't you give the uh, website they can go and, and, and maybe your email as well? Sure. Uh, so if you want to uh, email me uh, for the podcast, uh, Dewey Show at AOL.com is the, the place to do it. Uh, Dewey spelled D E W E Y. And so it's Dewey Show at AOL.com. Um, if you want to reach out to me for help with your tax situation, uh, there's a form that you can go to. Uh, go to uh, Dewey F, uh, so uh, Dewey, and then the letter F for, as in Foxtrot at. Uh, or excuse me, let me try this again. Uh, just go to uh, Dewey F as in foxtrot.com slash PB help. So pro bono help is what that stands for. Okay. And if Perfect. you're a veteran, if you're a veteran, uh, you know, having issues with your uh, taxes, go to uh, deweyf.com slash hero. Okay. Perfect. We'll give that out again at the end of the show so people make sure they can get a hold of it. But this is a podcast. You can rewind the motherfucker, too. So keep that there in mind. There you go. Rewind it. Rewind it. <laughs> you know, one of the things that people are most concerned about right now, I mean, the, the House of Representatives with the Republicans in charge is an absolute shit show. They're talking about all these bills they want to pass. I'm not sure they'll even pass through the the House of Representatives, but all this crazy shit will get to the Senate and Chuck Schumer will do exactly what Mitch McConnell did. It'll sit on his desk. He'll never bring it to the floor to vote on it. So nothing that the Republicans are talking about that's crazy in the House of Representatives will ever happen. There's no need to worry about that. But there is one bill that needs to pass through the House and the Senate, and that is raising the debt limit. This is a, a very important thing uh, because without raising the debt limit, it will crash the economy in the U.S. and globally. Absolutely. Uh, and for whatever reason, the Republicans don't want to do it. Does that make any sense to you? Uh, yeah. And can I tell you something, Mike? Uh, sure. Them uh, By them not doing it, uh, my a close family friend is a lawyer, and I saw him at the market today. And I just he pulled me aside, and we were just talking shop, uh, you know, and then uh, also we were talking uh, politics, and I talked about the debt ceiling, and he pointed something out that I want to pass on to you as well as your uh, awesome listeners. Um, so the uh, defaulting on our debt is unconstitutional according to the 14th Amendment. Um, we have to, it's constitutional law. It is, um, article amendment 14, section four of the 4.1 of the uh, constitution. And it goes like this, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payments of pensions and bounties for services, uh, and uh, it goes on to talk about insurrection and rebellion and things like that. But down here it says, uh, although Section 4, quote, was undoubtedly inspired by the desire to put beyond question the obligations of the government issued during the Civil War, its language indicates a broader connotation. 
which is uh, this, the validity of the public debt uh, embraces whatever concerns the integrity of the public obligations, end quote. So if Kevin McCarthy defaults on this, he is breaking the Constitution, which uh, he's going against the Constitution, which is uh, a high crime or or it can be a misdemeanor. So he can be uh, ejected from his House seat and Congress, period. If uh, the Democrats will uh, be pit bulls about this, and I know they have a tough rap, but here's the thing. Pit bulls are, are nice to you unless you start attacking their <laughs> uh, people. And in this case, the Democrats need to be a pit bull and the person needs to be our country. Start fighting, goddammit, and let's let's get these insurrectionist people. I listened to yesterday's podcast where you were talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene getting on the Homeland Security Committee, and that lit my fuse. I had to do an, uh, an episode immediately. And uh, I talk about that, and that is like just giving the uh guarding a hen house and then a fox comes by and you're just like hey come on in come right on in it's absolutely that i mean here's a domestic terrorist and we'll find out more about that when the indictments come out but they put her on homeland security and the oversight committee that's fucking absurd i mean they've turned the 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 house of representatives into an absolute joke they will accomplish nothing and and since they're going to do this all we can really do is sit back and watch them um (laughs) basically do nothing and screw themselves in 2024. I, I, I don't understand how they, they, they intend to do that. Now, the, the interesting thing you mentioned about the, the raising the debt limit, the Republicans would have you believe that this was about new money. And it's not about new money. It's about money no. that's already been approved by Congress, already been spent. And we're saying, yeah, we should pay our bill. By not paying the bill, it's like going to get a mortgage and getting halfway through the mortgage and going, ah, that's too much. I'm not paying it anymore. Well, you know what? They come get your fucking house at that point. It's the same example. So they want you to believe it's new money. It's not. It's about money that's already been approved by fucking them, and they got to pay it. Exactly. I mentioned that on uh, my show yesterday, exactly what you just said. And they'll have you believe that it is a blank check for Joe Biden. I've heard that phrase a billion times so much that like Ted Cruz is whiny. I I don't know what it is about him, but he is so punchable. He's punchable. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I like if I could, Ted Cruz, if you ever listen to the Rational Boomers podcast, I'm calling you out. Let's do it. Let's. I'll, I'll box you. It can go to who uh, at whatever charity you want, as long as I agree to which charity it is. I will box you, and I. It won't go ten rounds. I weigh two hundred forty pounds. I'm a fat ass, but I'll still knock you out. So, let's do it. Let's raise some money for you. You know that people are going to be like, "Who's going to win?" The guy who has a face like a melting candle. Or this fat podcaster. People are going to be like, I don't know. It's going to be tough. No, it's not even going to make it out of round one. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> do it, do You know, one of the things about doing the Rational Boomer podcast, I hope to fire people up a little bit and be stronger. So it's clearly working with you. Uh, you're fired up about it, and I would pay money to watch it. I'd, you know, shit. I'd, I'd pay to videotape it and put it on YouTube. You know, you know what's interesting about these Republicans, though, they're so hypocritical. Absolutely. They, they are whining about this debt limit, and they want so hard to block it. But during Donald Trump's administration, oh, 2000, yeah. 2017 to 2021, the Republicans raised the debt limit three times. From nineteen trillion to twenty-seven trillion. That's a total of eight trillion dollars. They raised the debt limit in three years, three and a half years. But now all of a sudden they're against it. That makes you question their credibility and their their legitimacy and and their uh their reasoning behind behind wanting to do this. Let's be honest, not raising the debt limit, as you said, is unconstitutional, and I believe that. But it's not they're going to raise the debt limit. They've always raised the debt limit. It's all about leverage and trying to negotiate shit because everybody's afraid now. It's going to get raised, don't you think? No matter what happens, it will in the last hour of the last minute they will raise the debt limit. They always fucking do. Well, uh the secretary uh to answer your question in a short way, yes, but to explain why, uh, the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, said that we have uh, about uh, until June, and she's it's something called exigent circumstances, so she can keep the federal government going until then. What we need to do, though, and by we I mean the Democrats, we need to say, Fuck the Republicans. They're not going to uh, hold our country hostage. And first and foremost, they should not, it should be unlawful for them to use the debt ceiling or any financial aid or anything like that. Donald Trump was impeached for uh, in withholding the aid. So Congress people should too. Uh, they are not doing the people's business because if they default on this debt, the dollar, the value of the dollar will fall. So anything that you have in the bank, let's say you have three grand in there, it'll come become more like three dollars. And uh, the world uses uh, they trade in dollar amount. That will not that will no longer be the thing, and they will uh, they will wreck our country beyond repair. Let, let me and, let me ask let me let me ask you uh, this. Um, with the Republicans saying they don't want to raise the debt limit, and the Repu or the Democrats saying, "Oh my God, this is disaster! This is this is horrible! This is going to cause this problem," isn't it really both parties kind of politicizing this thing? You know, they're going to raise the debt limit because there's no way the Republicans are going to fare well after this is this happens. I mean. It's going to affect you and me, but it's going to affect rich people, the very fucking people that support these idiots. There's no way they can let that happen. I mean, it's going to exactly. cause it's going to cause a rift not only with wealthy people in this country, but wealthy people uh, across the globe. I got to be honest with you. If I'm Kevin McCarthy or some of these other fucks that want to not raise the debt limit and they do that much money to this country and to the to the world. 
you're going to have a fucking uh, crosshairs on your back because somebody is going to lose a lot of money and they are going to be pissed and that's going to put them in danger, let alone not being able to be elected to shit in 2024. That's why I don't see how it can even happen. And, you know, you asked, uh, do I think that it's both sides? A hundred percent I do, Mike. Um, uh, Because... I supported uh, Nancy Pelosi financially. I donated here and there uh, to her campaign, and uh, I've donated to some of the new Democratic Congress people who have been seated. Um, and more than ever, I've been getting hit up by uh, Democrats saying, hey, we need your help to fight this debt ceiling battle. Uh, send five dollars, blah blah blah. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to send you any money, you nasty son of a bitch. Go out there and stop them from doing it. Go tell them, look, uh, we can't have the government fall, and if you don't do something about it, we will start suing you, taking you to the to courts over this because they do not have the power. And what the Democrats need to do, and this includes President Joe. They need to tell Joe, hey, you call Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, and you tell her, hey, raise the debt ceiling. Yeah. I- and and test it. It will go through the courts and all of that. But uh, inevitably, the Constitution is the Constitution. Therefore, the, Biden will give the president the power to raise the debt ceiling. However, that will not. Uh, give any president a blank check because any new spending has to pa- pass uh, Congress, the House and the Senate. Well, so, the, go ahead. Well, the thing is that you have to understand about uh, um, Democrats and Republicans. I've often said I don't join clubs. I'm not a Democrat. As much as the Trump fucks will say, oh, you're just a Democratic libtard. No, I'm really not. I don't. I've always said it's not about Democrats versus Republicans. It's about those fucks against us. Somebody's got to be fighting for the middle class and it ain't the Democrats. The Democrats more so now because it's expedient in going against the Republicans. But if the Democrats had all the power, would they be working as hard for us? I don't know for sure, because over the decades I've been alive, there have been periods of time when the Democrats haven't done shit. So I don't count on them completely. I think the Democrats really relish in watching the Republicans fuck up so they can use it for political reasons. I read a story just yesterday that was talking about all these people put on the committees, these, you know, basically making our committees like Homeland Security or or the Oversight Committee or whatever, basically putting fascists on that committee. Now, outwardly from the media, we are all going, everybody's saying, oh, my God, you should be afraid of this. But no. it, sound, it sounds like the Democrats, you know, the Biden administration are kind of relishing this. They see this as political power because they will fuck up. They will look stupid. They will look bad. And the Democrats have in their mind, this is good for us in 2024. Not that they could do anything to change it, but they aren't worried about it. They're glad right. to have this opportunity to make these fucks look foolish and cause them to lose elections. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Mike, I think that, uh, the Democrats enjoy the conflict because 
we have longer memories than the other side do. Uh, True. Like, uh, it's like Al Franken, for example, he took that picture where he was acting like he was grabbing that woman's breast. Um, what happened to him? He got, he got held accountable for that and he stepped down from the Senate. And now, now the Republican Party knowingfully let this fraud piece of shit, George Santos, or whatever the hell his name is, it could be Joe Smith for all I know. And uh, they let him in. They knowingfully that knowing that he lied about all the things that he lied about, his college, his work, his history, everything was a, a, a lie, and they knew it. And uh, you said something that I, I don't remember if it was in a TikTok or on your podcast, but you said. Uh, that you hear uh, lately a lot of people saying, hey, Democrats, while they were running against George Santos, should have dug this shit up. They should and, have. Uh, um, yeah, they definitely should have. But the Republican Party should have been like, look, you're lying. Obviously, we're not going to run with you. Well, it turns out that, that a lot of the Republicans knew all about George Santos and did nothing. That is egregious. Now, the Democrats may have known this, too, and it goes back to what I said before. Let these Republicans fuck up and let's make hay over their screw-ups. I have a feeling the Democrats knew a lot about George Santos, and they knew what a shit show it would go, say. They said, go ahead, come on in, because once you're in Congress, we've got all kinds of material for the campaigns coming up in 2024. I have a feeling they were happy to let him in. Oh, yeah. I mean, the lower the bar is uh, for someone to become a congressperson is the be better for them because uh, they want pe they want controllable idiots. Yeah. Does you know, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Donald Trump became president and why the Republicans continue to back him. He is a narcissist, and I know from experience, narcissists <laughs> are easy to manipulate. All you have to do is pat them on the head and tell them they're geniuses, and then they'll do whatever you want. I don't think <laughs> Donald Trump coming into office was necessarily evil. He just wanted attention and approval. The evil people are the ones that recognize that and knew they could manipulate him and make him do evil shit. Now, of course, Donald Trump has become evil in his own right because he's cornered and doesn't know where to fucking go. Right. Well, I mean, look at Donald Trump from 20 years ago, Mike, and uh, he he was being interviewed, uh, I, I believe, by the late Barbara Walters, rest in peace. Uh she was interviewing him and, you know, the topic of of abortion came up and she's like, well, how do you feel about abortion? And he's like, I don't got a problem with it. There's no right. way the, 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 the man whore that Donald Trump was, excuse the phrase, I don't know what the politically correct thing is for that, but he, he's, he cheated on his first wife. He cheated on his second wife. And I guarantee you he's cheating on Melania. Well, we all know because of Stormy Daniels, but right. um, this guy, there, there is, and I, this is just my opinion, uh, there is no way that this guy went through his entire life without having someone get an abortion. There's just no way. No, I agree. I agree, and, and no way he didn't pay for it one way or another. Did you, I don't know if you heard that uh, 
Elvin Bragg, the DA of the Manhattan District. He uh, called Michael Cohen in, the guy who was actually uh, convicted of that Stormy Daniels thing. And, of course, Donald Trump was the unindicted co-conspirator, which means he was just as guilty. Well, Elvin Bragg, we, we'd heard that the Manhattan District was going to revive the investigation into Stormy Daniels. And they had Michael Cohen, the main witness to the whole thing. In he was the, Trump's former attorney, right, Mike? Yeah, he was a former attorney. He's the one that did the transaction with Stormy Daniels, and then Donald Trump paid him back. This was all with the help of uh, of uh, his CFO and some other folks. So now Alvin Bragg is looking into that situation. That's just one of many problems. Alvin Bragg also has asked um his prosecutors that prosecuted the Trump organization for their prosecution book, as he's now starting to consider looking into Donald Trump directly in that case in the Manhattan district and all the fraud. And we know there was fraud because we've seen his taxes. Now the very thing they were convicted of show up in Donald Trump's taxes and show up in the civil uh, lawsuit with uh, Letitia James. So Donald Trump's got a lot of fucking things to worry about. Not just Georgia, not just the insurrection, but there's shit in New York that could take him down as well. Oh, yeah. Um, And there's something that I'm going to say. With or without Merrick Garland, Donald Trump is facing criminal charges. He is. And there is something I've always appreciated about black women. Um, And I'm talking... Uh, I'm bringing that up because of Letitia James, and it is this. Uh, they carry our country, Mike, in a lot of ways. Black oh, women no question. Do. No question. You know, and Letitia James is not going to fucking rest until she gets this son of a bitch, and she will. I, she was just reelected because of it. She's well, going to uh, get this guy, and there's... Uh, I think how many grand juries uh, for the multiple alleged crimes? How oh. many grand juries are uh, put together right now? I know that there's a federal one. Well, there's two federal ones. Uh, one that they're investigating Donald Trump's uh, d- uh, insurrection and all of that. And, and, then and, the, and one the documents. And taxes, and documents, yeah. And there's one in Georgia. The special grand jury just ended. Uh, Fonnie Willis, another very strong black woman, a, a, a DA in Fulton County, Georgia. She's going to the regular grand jury to decide whether they're going to be indictments. I take special joy in people like Letitia James and like uh, Fonnie Willis down in Georgia, because I think Donald Trump and the Trump in general take uh, particular um, irritation in when women best them, let alone black women, strong black women like Fonnie Willis and Letitia James, that really gets under their skin and that makes them mad. And when they get mad, they make fucking mistakes. So Donald Trump's in trouble on many levels. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you, I get this. I'm guessing you get this a lot, too. People were saying, it's not going fast enough. Donald Trump should be in handcuffs in jail. It's not going fast enough. Nothing's ever going to happen. I just have problems with people who say that because a lot already has happened. And uh, ultimately, there almost has to be an indictment. Other there, otherwise, there'll be an uproar in this country against the DOJ and anybody else that's considering indictments. Well, you know, I think Merrick Garland uh, 
is taking too long because um, he is trying to not make it political. But look, anybody, foreign or domestic, who storms our capital, I do not care what they're charged with. I don't care what they did inside the capital. They were with a... At first, they were armed, but their guns were taken away by the Secret Service. That's been proven. Um, and Donald Trump was pissed off that the Secret Service took the weapons. Uh, why would they? Why would Donald Trump want them to have weapons to go in where the lawmakers are? I mean, just connect the dots. But anybody who does that to our capital, that is, if they're domestic, that is. They're terrorists, no doubt, but they also, they're traitors to our country. They're traitors to every man and woman who has died for this country, um, and they're traitors to our democracy. Uh, these people need to be arrested, and I've said it on my podcast with Merrick Garland. Do I believe? Do I wish he was going faster? Absolutely. But at the at the uh, same time, Mike, we've got he's got to dot every i and cross every t. Well, well because, what people what people have to understand is if Donald Trump goes on trial, or whether it be insurrection, or um, dealing with top secret documents, or or interfering in the election in Georgia, when those court cases come to pass, these will be probably the biggest and most important legal cases in the history of this country. So you don't just jump into it and go willy-nilly. I get frustrated by how long it's taking. And I think right. if there I think if there were some indictments out right now, like I've said before, you know this whole thing with raising the debt limit, if Jack Smith and Merrick Garland were handing out the indictments like they should regarding January 6th, they would be indicting most of these fucks that want to crash the country, and it might help the situation. So by them going slowly, I think that is a bit harmful to the country. But at the same time, what we're seeing in terms of a court case is unprecedented. It's huge, and you don't want them to fuck it up. Absolutely, and I want to just put this out there. Merrick Garland... Um, so far as the attorney general, he has a 100% case closure rating, meaning he's won 100% of the cases that he has taken on. He's not about to fuck that number up. No, he's not. And I think he did the wise thing by hiring, uh, Jack Smith, because it does give him some separation politically. And frankly, Jack Smith, everything I've read about him, he's kind of the Jason Bourne of fucking prosecutors. He's not somebody to be fucked with. That's a pers- the perfect way for you to, to put him. This guy is a war crime judge. He doesn't fuck around. Uh, and people were like, well, he's not doing anything because he's in Europe. He broke a bone. He was working remotely. He's home. Uh, he he was hurt and held up in Europe for a little bit, but he he's working and he's this guy is exactly what the Democratic Party needs to be. They we might not look tough, we might not act tough, but when it comes to our character and our pursuit of justice, we have to be the strongest. We cannot just be strong we have to be the strongest 
And for people to say that Jack Smith isn't doing anything, they either don't know how to read, they aren't listening, or they just aren't paying attention. This guy's handed out so many fucking subpoenas. It's crazy. I mean, he's gone after the fake electors and all the states and all this stuff. Trust me, he's doing something. Whether he was in Europe at the time, he's now in the U.S., things are heating up. And this is what always bothered me. Nothing ever happens to these people. A lot of shit happened. Donald Trump's uh, company was convicted of 17 charges of fraud. That's not nothing. That's bad news for Donald Trump. And while the, the, the fine was minimal, it was the maximum they could give by law. But the ramifications of this conviction are going to make it impossible for the Trump organization to continue to operate. Right. And I, I think that uh, if I'm wrong, correct me here, but in the uh, shit, I think it was 4,000 some odd pages that uh, was released regarding the Trump tax, uh, with, with the Trump tax investigation. Yeah, the returns. Uh, yeah. You know, also, uh, Hell, I forgot where I was going with that. I apologize. Oh, no, that's all right. I I, I, I I do that all the time, too, but I'm old and you're young. <laughs> but, 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 you know, with, with the tax returns coming out, it, I mean, it showed obvious crimes, crimes that oh, yeah. even I can see. And I don't know shit about taxes. I usually hand them to somebody and say, just do it and tell me what the result is. But, this guy clearly has committed crimes. And now that he's exposed himself and his taxes has been exposed, he's going to have to pay some penalties. He's going to have to be accountable. The IRS and the DOJ just can't let that fly. They're going to get so much heat if they do. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, the thing about the politicization of the Justice Department is that only happened when Donald Trump became the president, firing right. attorney generals, firing leaders of the FBI. And there are so many Americans who only paid attention while Trump was in, tar- in charge, namely his supporters. Right. And so they think that how he were, ran the country, quote unquote, uh, is the correct way to do it. And that's not the truth. The attorney general is not the personal attorney for the, the president, like Trump was trying to make and was successful at making every attorney general that walked through the Justice Department under his tenure. Uh, no, the Justice Department is not a political, uh, it, it is not political. And I think a lot, Mike, the reason why he, uh, A.G. Garland decided, oh, you know what, I better hire a special prosecutor, is because he's afraid of what the Trump people are going to do because they are have proven themselves to be, and of course I'm not saying every Trump supporter, but a lot of them are have proven themselves already to be uh Violent domestic terrorists, right. and they call themselves the 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 silent majority. But the fact is, is that they're the loud minority. 
the stupid minority. Well, you know, they have the capacity capacity to be violent. We had this situation down in New Mexico, the guy who's running for state office, he loses, he gets mad, he goes to these people's houses and complains. When that doesn't work, when that doesn't get him back in office, then he comes and hires some people and shoots their houses. I'm convinced now that, you know, Joe Biden is in charge and the Democrats have some control there. You're not going to see a a big mass, no matter what happens with A.G. Garland. Uh, you're not going to see a big mass of people attack a Capitol or the FBI or anything like that because they don't have the protection they had with Donald Trump and, and, and William Barr and all of, and people in Congress. They don't have that protection anymore. They're essentially bullies. And if they don't know they're going to win for sure, they aren't going to wade into it. But you're going to get these wild, crazy fucks out there that will do some stupid stuff. We've seen it before this guy in New Mexico. We'll see it again afterwards. And this country has to deal with these people swiftly and strongly to try to put a stop to this bullshit. This is not what our country is about. No, sir. No, it isn't. I agree with you. And, you know, uh, I wasn't, I'm not sure if we were recording when I was talking to you about this, but I've tested this theory many times and I just talk about political issues with people. And nine times out of 10, we will agree on most things. And uh, then I'll be at the end, I'll be like, okay, who'd you vote for? And they'll be like, I I voted for Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, he's a traitor. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I voted for Biden. I voted for Clinton in 2016. You know, and they're they're like bewildered at the fact that they agreed with the Democrat. And that's and that's the thing. I think people being people will agree on certain things. I think Republicans, as well as Democrats, will agree that uh, doing away with Social Security is not a good idea. The problem is, is the Trumplifucks, the Republicans are ill-informed, misadvised. They go to news sources that don't tell them the truth or don't tell them the facts. So they might be just as good a people as you and I. They just don't know. They've been radicalized by the media and by Donald Trump and the trump And so they, they, they are, are less informed or worse informed than we are. And that's really the difference. You know, and I agree. I agree with that. You know, uh, just everyday good people, good, hardworking Americans liked the sound of this guy who uh, is allegedly a billionaire talking about bringing jobs back to America, which it needs to happen. And Joe Biden, by the way, is doing everything Donald Trump said he would. Right, right. Except for the wall, because this uh, political boondoggle, uh, it's, it's bullshit. Okay, the wall is not going to keep anybody out. And we could put a force field around the U.S. Those, uh, the the people, uh, the immigrants will find a fucking way through it. They're smart people. They're very brilliant. This wall isn't going to stop anything. Right. And all it's going to do is uh, raise your taxes. And and speaking about the Social Security, uh, they want to cancel it. Well, guess what? Cancel it. And try us, motherfuckers, because we'll sue you uh, so hard and fast that you won't know what hit you. And uh, I'm talking about a majority of uh, 
baby boomers, some Gen Xers who are starting to receive, um, who are starting to receive benefits, um, and what what we need to do is we need to spread the word that Social Security isn't something that Congress funds, and they act like it is. No, it's a trust that we have all been putting money into to uh, and to protect the current. Uh, people on Social Security with disabilities or age or whatever the situation is, um, they've retired, whatever. Um, it's a trust, and if they, in Social Security, they're stealing money, literally stealing money from the American people. So I say to the Republicans, fucking try us. Yeah. Because uh, I, on behalf of my grandfather, who lives exclusively off of Social Security, who's going to be 86 this year, I will sue you, and I will get a lawyer that will do it for free because they get all the publicity out of it. And this will be the biggest class action lawsuit in the history of this country. So fucking try us. Well, you know, I'm old enough to get Social Security. And, uh, you know, I've been in business before, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty direct and pretty blunt. And I always tell people, you fuck with my family, you fuck with my money. Yeah, I'm a nice guy most of the time, but if you want to see me get fucking nuts and be really mean, then just do that. I, you know, the whole Social Security argument, I don't there's no way that's going to happen. They're going to throw it out there. You know, like I said, anything they do in the House is not even going to get voted on in the Senate so they can rant and rave and throw rhetoric, rhetoric around, but nothing's ever going to get done. I mean, that's what we have to understand. For two years, there is going to be virtually little, if any, legislation done because we don't have serious uh, representatives in the House of Representatives. And if it's not serious shit, if it's crazy shit, it's going to go nowhere in the Senate. All that's going to happen well, in these two years is we're going to get some federal judges appointed through the Senate. But other than that, nothing much is going to happen. Just out of curiosity, um, Dewey, what do you, I told you what I think is going to happen over the next two years. What do you see happening between now and 2024? And what do you expect to happen in the presidential election in 2024? Okay, uh, so... I agree with everything that you said. Uh, we'll get a couple federal judges in, and uh, that's it in terms of that. But this is a here's the the thing, okay? If the Justice Department indicts these people, uh, they they will likely get a plea deal, which will say you are not allowed to hold federal office. That will be the minimum. Right. Like I've said on my podcast, that Donald Trump is going to get a plea deal with all of this. And it's going to say house arrest, a fine, and you can never hold public office again. And he's going to sign that piece of paper and go on telling people that it's political. Now, I'll tell you what I hope happens in uh, 2024 um, and what I think will happen in 2024. Uh, Every except for like the big ones like the G7 and uh, meetings of that nature where many world leaders are together. Uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, has sent uh, VP Harris on these uh, ambassador-like missions uh, for, uh, you know, uh, 
the diplomacy, these diplomacy missions, he sent her on these. And what I think he's doing there, Mike, is giving her experience because if he runs again in 2024, uh, he, I'll vote for him. But what I think he's going to do is I think he's going to say, you know, it's been an honor serving this country. I've been a senator. I've served like 50 years of my life to this country. I'm stepping aside. Um, and I put all of my support in the vice president. And I think that she'll wipe the floor with whoever the Republicans put forward. Um, that that's kind of wish wishful thinking, but I do think that that's going to happen either in 2024 or in 2028. But um, if there are not indictments, and we're still talking about where are the indictments in 2024, we really need regime change in terms of the Justice Department because it's just showing. If, if in 2024 nothing's been done, um, it's it, it shows us that we really shouldn't have confidence in them. Right, Because right. they've had, since they've already had two years, we can't afford a lot more time. We've got to get this shit done now. We absolutely do. And I've said this before. The natural candidate, if Joe Biden is not the candidate, is Kamala Harris. The last two years, she's been kind of under the radar. She hasn't gotten bad publicity, but she hasn't gotten good publicity. If Joe Biden isn't, in fact, planning to run in 2024, I see the next two years as them trying to showcase Kamala Harris to make her look better, to raise her profile and put her in a position to actually run for president. There are some other people in the Democratic Party uh, that could run. Hakeem Jeffries might be a good prospect, too. Uh, what it would probably be best to do is run Kamala Harris with Hakeem Jeffries as the vice president, let Kamala run as far as she can, and then have Hakeem take up the 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 the, the reins after that. But you know, I'm not a political animal. I'm just guessing based on what I see. Oh, uh, I think Mike that we need, and this is just my personal opinion. Uh, if that if that's the ticket in 2024. I'm voting for, for both of them. They're very, very, very good at what they do, both of them. But what I think will happen, Mike, is uh, it will be Vice President Harris with uh, Secretary Buttigieg. Uh, I think she'll ask him to run because they're going to need Representative, uh, well, Leader uh, Jeffries in the speaker role. Right. That's true. I mean, you make a good point with Buttigieg. That's kind of interesting. Uh, the speaker is obviously an important role that needs to be played in Hakeem Jeffries when he becomes speaker, and he will become speaker probably in 2024. Um, he's going to be a motherfucker <laughs> as a speaker. Oh, yeah. So so we, you're right. Oh, yeah. We do need him there. Buttigieg is an interesting guy. He seems like a just an unassuming guy, but when you put him head-to-head with somebody who's talking some shit, He's he's a fucking beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've told Seth many times, I said, uh, this man has served in the military. He served the country. He served his city and state when he was the mayor of uh, South Bend in uh, Philadelphia or Pennsylvania. I don't remember. Phil- where, where, where was South Bend at? 
Indiana. 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 Sits up in Indiana. That's right. Uh, but yeah, he served his country. Then he came back and was like, I haven't served enough. So, uh, which is crazy because anybody would be like, all right, I've served my country. I'm good. No, not him. He's like, let me go and do more. I'll be the mayor. Then he runs for president and he fails at it. And now he's the secretary of transportation. And I sincerely believe that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to be the front runner in 2024 with Joe Biden and President, former President Obama, uh, fully behind her, campaigning for her, with her, to uh, get her into the Oval Office. Um, I sincerely believe that that's what will happen, and I believe that. Uh, the second in line will be Pete Buttigieg or, like you said, uh, Representative uh, Jeffries. Either way, they have my vote. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think you're right, though. They they don't want to pull Hakeem Jeffries away from the possibility of being the Speaker of the House. They need somebody strong there. We had Nancy Pelosi, who may have been one of the best Speakers of the House ever. Now we have Kevin McCarthy, who's the weakest uh, speaker of the House ever. We will need a strong speaker in 2024. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. I agree with you. We, we, the speaker role, uh, because there are already congressional whips that are official, they officially hold that title, but the speaker does more vote whipping than anyone else, which means like, hey, asshole. You know, you said you're going to vote with the Republicans. The fuck you are. If you don't, then you're going to lose this, 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 and this. So you better get in line. Yeah, you either vote for this shit or you aren't getting, uh, <laughs> you're not getting dessert in the house cafeteria. So watch your <laughs> fucking step. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Well, Dewey, exactly. We're, we're running out of time here. I want to thank you very much for coming on and offering up your expertise and your perspective of things. I love when listeners do that. The fact that you do a podcast uh, is called The Dewey Show. Google that, and you'll find his podcast, and by all means, listen to it. If you're watching on TikTok, it's at Do The Right, and Do is spelled D-E-W. So there's plenty of ways to find Dewey. And I think you'll be well served if you do that. And do you want you give your uh, email address one more time so people can contact you directly, either for regards to the podcast or the IRS and taxes and that sort of thing. So, so give us your email once again. All right. So I've got a website uh, for both. Uh, for my podcast, it's deweyshow.com, uh, D-E-W-E-Y show.com. Uh, You'll find me over there one way or another. I'm on the homepage. You just scroll down a little bit, and it'll say, listen to the Dewey Show. Then you just click on Spotify or SoundCloud, then or just whatever podcast engine you use, just type in the Dewey Show. Uh, to email the Dewey Show, email me uh, deweyshow at aol.com. And um, for my business... If you need help with your taxes, I'm not going to promise you the moon and stars on this. I'm going to promise one thing and one thing only, the the only thing that I can promise. If you become my client, I will fight you. I will fight for you to the death if necessary. I'll do everything I possibly can to help you. And if I can't, 
I will find someone who will. Uh, you can go to deweyf.com for that, and you'll, you'll see how to contact me there. If you want to email, direct email, dewey at taxpayer.one. Well, and I will say this, Dewey, if if you go into battle and you fight to the death and can't make the next podcast, I'd be happy to guest host for you a couple of times <laughs> until you can <laughs> I, be I resurrected. I'd love that. <laughs> okay. So I want to thank uh, you very much for coming on Thank you for having me on. I appreciate your time. No, it's been a great joy. It's a great show. And uh, I always love having listeners and other people that do podcasts on the, on the program. They offer some insights that I can't give, and it is much appreciated. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I also uh, wanted to say something real quick, if that's all right. Uh, no, feel free. Gonna come, Mike's, Mike's going to come over, and uh, he's going to be in the hot seat on my yeah. show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I've been married 39 years. I've been in the hot seat for 39 years. So don't think <laughs> I'm going no to, uh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't think I'm going to, going to uh, be shaken by that. I'm <laughs> Oh, no. No, not after that long, man. You, you know everything. Uh, <laughs> no, I know that my wife knows everything. I don't know anything. That's, That's what we know. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, for the folks at home, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day. And, of course, we will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.